So can you imagine that as you remove yourself from the sanctuary of God, or if you distance yourselves from such power, what are you left with? You're left with the counsel of yourself, and then you are very subject to the temptation of the counsel of Satan. And any individual who leaves the sanctuary of God for the sanctuary of self and Satan, well, that's not going to end well. And instead of discernment, you end up with deception. And this has been tragic through the history of humanity. Hi, friends, and welcome back to Live in the Light. Thankful that you've joined us here today. We're continuing our walk through Psalm 73, and today's topic takes us to verse 16 and the idea of discernment. And Robbie, near and dear on our heart as we walk through this difficult season that we're all in is discernment and how important that is, right? Yeah, I I really don't think you can overstate that, Craig. I think the need in our day with the mass amounts of information, confusion, and deception The biblical call for wisdom and discernment is at an all-time high. Um, That's why, again, Romans 12 says that we are not to be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of our minds, that we may discern, again, what is holy and acceptable according to the Lord. So Psalm 73 is an incredible psalm. I wonder if you know really what it's about. This is the second part in this mini-series, which we're really excited about here at Living the Light, because we know it's going to have a big impact on those who are listening and want to receive from the Lord again again. We have to think clearly. We have to, have to. So uh, an incredible passage. I just loved preaching this, and because I just believe so much in what's being said. So as always, too, can I just say this? We'd love to hear from you. And if you've been encouraged, if this was a word that you needed to hear, let us know. Email us. Get on our website. We're so thankful for your support that we get to encourage and really reach out to men and women and children who need to be encouraged and strengthened in the gospel with the word of God that we might persevere and be faithful to the Lord to the end. It's one of our highest callings, and that's why this ministry exists. So again, excited about Psalm 73, excited that you're here listening, and expectant that the Lord will use us powerfully uh, in a time where it's so, so needed. Fantastic. To our listeners, I don't know if you can do it, but if you're able, go ahead and grab a Bible and get God's Word in front of you and join us in Psalm 73. And let's join up again with Pastor Robbie for today's message entitled, Desperately in Need of Discernment. Open your Bibles to Psalm 73. So excited to be with you. Welcome to church today. Yay, I love church these days and being together. And it's uh, a renewed gratitude and the privilege of being able to do so. This is message number two in our mini-series. It's the thought that counts. And you see our tagline there, how the way we think, how the way we think impacts the way we live, how the way we think impacts the way we live. Hey, it's so good to see you. I love it. My heart is full, praise the Lord. I love that too. And by faith, so good to see you through the camera there as well for those who are at home right now. So last week, if you were with us, and I pray that you were, Um, Asaph, who wrote the song, we learned that he was subject to some stinking thinking, okay? 
He had some real negativity going on and it was really causing him some problems. But we see in Psalm 73 that today's a new day. Today's a different day. In this Psalm right now, Asaph is gonna say, man, I turned the corner. Um, I renewed my mind. I'm thinking differently. Um, I'm living differently. I'm seeing differently. Today's a new day. Aren't you so glad that the mercies of God are new every morning? Aren't you so glad for that? Like no matter where you've been or what you've done, but here today, Jesus Christ hasn't returned yet. So today in the age of grace and the chance to start afresh and the chance to seek the Lord, this is the encouragement we get from God's word today. So Asaph, again, in the first half, his his, his mind was clouded, um, but he's about to see clearly. Storm clouds that were dangerous sat upon Asaph's mind. And these storm clouds resulted in deception that was overcoming him. Like he was in a really bad spot. But we're gonna see now today that instead of storm clouds, there's the blue, clear sky um, of the Holy Spirit that are about to bless him. You could say it this way. The fog of forgetfulness had confused him. Again, in a bad spot, in a bad direction with some really bad thinking. But then the sunshine of God's truth caused that fog to dissipate. This is what we see today. Super encouraging, filled with hope and such great instruction. So this for Asaph could not come too soon. He was desperately in need of some godly discernment, some biblical discernment. And that's our sermon title today. We are desperately in need of discernment. And so we're gonna waste no more time. We're gonna jump right in. And so watch this as we get to point number one. It's this, the turning point of clear thinking. The turning point of clear thinking, it's the sanctuary of God. I love this point, love it so much. So look at Psalm 73, verse 16, okay? We're, we touched on this a little bit last week. It is so uh, worthy to go back over again. Verse 16, but when I thought how to understand this, all his thinking, thinking from before, it seemed to me a wearisome task. He's just tired of the thought until I went into the sanctuary of God and I discerned their end. Okay, so it's powerful to understand right here, verses 16 and 17. As Asaph is removed from the sanctuary of God and therefore God's people and God's truth. Listen carefully. Everyone watching at home, listen up, okay? As he is removed from God's sanctuary, everything starts to fall apart in his life. The more he is removed from the sanctuary of God, the more he is distant from God himself in some form and everything starts to fall apart again apart in his life. Why? Because the sanctuary of God represents the word of God, the truth of God, the house of God, the people of God, the wisdom of God, the light of God, the love of God, the power of God, and the glory of God, and I could go on. So can you imagine then, as you remove yourself from the sanctuary of God, can you imagine then, or if you distance yourselves from such power, what are you left with? As you distance yourself away from God's sanctuary and really God's power and truth and wisdom and love and glory upon your life, well, you're left with the counsel of yourself and then you are very subject to the temptation of the counsel of Satan. And any individual who leaves the sanctuary of God for the sanctuary of self and Satan, well, that's not going to end well. And instead of discernment, you end up with deception. 
And this has been tragic through the history of humanity. Do you know the number one reason why pastors ultimately leave the ministry? All the factors in church and all the things that go on. But the number one reason studies have proven and shown, the number one reasons pastors leave the ministry is the relationship with God begins to suffer. It always starts with a small step towards a disastrous big change. And pastors themselves will begin to leave the sanctuary of God and begin to get into places they are no longer in, a, in an intimate relationship and pursuing the Lord. And this starts from there. and goes downhill, downhill, downhill from there. Of course, then there's zero surprise that the greatest reason people will fall away from the church and the Lord is because they become distant from the church and therefore from God. It's no surprise also that Satan's greatest tactics then are what? Upon people, Satan's greatest tactics are isolation. Have you heard that term recently? Isolation, distraction, worldly temptation, and overriding discouragement. These are Satan's greatest tactics in seeking to cause people to distance themselves from God and therefore to see the relationship with God weakened. The season we are in and have been in, this COVID season, COVID is tempting some believers to think that they don't need the physical church and the body of Christ. I've heard it. I'm sure you've heard it too. It's, it's, it's tempting believers to think unbiblically that somehow they can do this on their own apart from the people of God and the gathered word of God and the pursuit together corporately again, for the glory of God. And so it's such an important time to think carefully and to make sure we know how we're thinking, what we're thinking, and where we're headed as a result, whether in here right now or watching online right now. It's so important to think this through. Self-awareness in this regard can be such a massive help in wisdom. So this only heightens verse 17, where he says, until I went into the sanctuary of God, it is then that I found a sermon that would change my life, my paraphrase. When I went to the sanctuary of God, it is then I saw clearly. It is then I found wisdom. It is then I saw hope. It was then I had a renewed mind. It is then that everything changed for Asaph. And that is so true. Can you imagine the reality of how mad Satan is about this message right now and the topics we are talking about right now today too. This is the exact opposite of what he wants to understand the power of God's sanctuary and God's truth and God's wisdom and God's glory and God's love and God's light to shine again within the darkness. Satan is terrified of the sanctuary of God as Psalm 73 represents because all the glorious power is held there. Consider again the importance and the beauty and design of God's church for God's people. I'm telling you, you're watching right now, you're listening in here, listen, listen, it's so important. This season, do not allow physical distance to result in spiritual distance. I'll say it again. Do not, whatever you can do not allow physical distance to result in a spiritual distance because that's when people really get hurt. Asaph's life was totally changed and it was in direct proportion to his proximity in regards to the sanctuary of God. Distance from that, far from God, life started falling apart. 
He gets returned and reconciled in that sense to God, his relationship with him and everything and starts to kind of make sense again. His whole life is changed. That's why Hebrews chapter 10, do not neglect in meeting together as is the habit of some, but encourage one another all the more as you see the day, capital D, day drawing near. What we're doing right now is incredibly important to the spirit of God. A biblical command again and gathering together to make sure that we're not letting distance from God occur as we seek to be so close to him. I'll say it again, man. Again, whether you're at home right now, whether you're here right now throughout the week, resolve to take steps towards the Lord and his people. However you can do that. Be so mindful of what's happening, where you are, where you're situated, what direction you're going. And we have to think so clearly of the power of what's being said. I love that Asaph, he entered the sanctuary of God and everything began to change for him. So that's point number one. Let's move on to point number two then. We see the turning point of clear thinking. Now, number two, we see the fruit now of clear thinking, which is godly discernment. He needed discernment so much. He goes into God's sanctuary and then his mind is renewed and he starts thinking so differently. He starts thinking in terms of godly discernment. This will be the bulk of our message now uh, remaining here. We're gonna see four fruits of discernment from Asaph in the remainder of Psalm 73. Here's discernment number one. Here's what Asaph discerns. The first part of his renewed mind, it's this. Worldly prosperity is pretense. First thing he discerns, worldly prosperity is pretense. So look at verse 18 now, okay? So in verse 18, he goes in the sanctuary. He discerns their end. He says, truly you have set them, that's the wicked, in slippery places. Remember earlier in this, he was like, man, I almost stumbled and fall. Now he sees the real danger of those stumbling and fall are those again who are far from God. You make them fall to ruin. Verse 19, how they are destroyed in a moment, swept away utterly by terrors. Like a dream when one awakes, O Lord, when you rouse yourself, you despise them as phantoms. Wow. I mean, talk about a turning point of perspective in this psalm. Look at the end of verse 17. At the end of verse 17, he says, and I discerned their end. That phrase, their end, literally it means their afterward. I discerned their eternal reality. I discerned their doom. I discerned the consequence of a life that has rejected God and lived only for the things of this earth. All of a sudden, Asaph sees eternity. So this is so important to you. Okay, don't miss this. His stinking thinking was temporal. His godly thinking went eternal. It's hard for me to overstate that principle based on the Bible. How many times the Bible implores believers and Christ followers to think and live for eternal things over and over and over again. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Our citizenship is in heaven for we wait for the kingdom that is to come and Jesus prepares a place for us and the heavenly city that will be ours over and over and over and over again. It says, do not live for now, live for the world to come. Paul Tripp constantly reminds us that we have eternity amnesia. We constantly forget of the reality of our lives that will be lived out in eternity. Again, don't, don't, don't miss it here. Are you a wise man or woman? One of, the, 
One of the surest signs of godly wisdom and discernment is that we are thinking eternally. We put so much stock in earthly stocks, but wisdom says in the end, the value of those stocks, as many as you might have, will come to zilch. Think about that. Okay, this is, this is a moment right now of wisdom. Maybe your occupation is investing in certain stocks. Maybe your occupation is not investing in certain stocks, but it might as well be your occupation based on the amount of time and energy you give to that. Maybe you're desirous for certain investments of the earth and all that thing is you're spending so much time thinking, listen, you have to understand as a true Christ follower, if that's your life, you have to know in the end, those investments you care about so much right now, in the end, they will be worth absolutely nothing in terms of eternity. Okay, so that's what wisdom understands. Why would I spend my entire life for that which something God says has no value? In fact, to do that would make you one thing. What's that? Dumb. Or we like to say around here, stupid. Right? Doesn't it make sense? If Jesus says so clearly, everything you're living for ultimately has no value, and you're like, I know, I'm going all in for that. And like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Is that fair? And this is what Asaph is telling us. He's learned everything I thought I wanted turns out to be have no value and no eternal purpose or meaning. So one of the great freedoms of biblical discernment is that treasure on earth will burn along with those who live for it. Not my words, it's gonna be the words of God coming up. Wisdom says earthly prosperity is an illusion. It appears to be a strong foundation but it's actually a slipping hazard of destruction. That's verse 18. Look at verse 19. The wicked will be, quote, destroyed in a moment. You know what's amazing to me about this Psalm? In the first half of the Psalm, Asaph is like, I want to trade places with those people who have all the stuff. How come I can't get that? How come I aren't being blessed well? How come I don't have what they have? How come the wicked seem to be blessed and prosperous, but I'm here doing it? At the beginning of the Psalm, he's like, I want to be them or I want to have what they have. By the end of the Psalm, he's like, get me away. I can't believe it. They're doomed for destruction. All I need is the Lord. What a turning point. You see that? Stinking thinking is, I want that. Give me that. I live for that. Godly discernment says, why would I want what has no value? All, all I, you're all I want. You're all I've ever needed, Lord, because he's the true treasure and the true satisfaction. This is where Asaph comes to. That's so exciting. One of my greatest joys over the years, men and women walked into this church. They've walked in clouded, dead, confused, living, greed, selfishness, hoarding. They walk in here Jesus Christ absolutely transforms them in the gospel. They are made new. They are alive. They, 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 they come to newness in life and everything changes. And these men and women, you see them, they go from greed to generosity. They go from hoarding to heavenly minded. They go from selfishness to the love of Christ and blessing others. Their entire life changes from totally living for self to totally living for Christ. It is one of the most beautiful things you could ever see. And you know what I'm talking about. It's the greatest thing. You're watching what only God can do. The fruit of the gospel of a renewed mind and living for the things that truly last, the things of Jesus Christ. And let's remember here what, what, what Asaph's telling us in really sobering terms is that Verse 20, actually, if you look at verse 20, like a dream when one awakes, O Lord, you rouse yourself, you despise them as phantoms. So 
A life of worldliness is a dream that is soon to be awakened. And when they awake, they will realize it's actually an eternal nightmare. Asaph says, man, worldly prosperity, it's a sham. It's a sham. Don't believe it. It's pretense. If you want some further cross-references in this regard, let's, let's go to the New Testament for a few verses, some verses we know, Mark 8. For what does it profit a man, Jesus says, to gain the whole world and yet forfeit his soul? Isn't that such a good word, isn't it? I've just, I've always, always loved this verse. Like Jesus just, just says it in a sentence. You get the whole world, yet you forfeit your soul. Was it worth it? Was it worth it? The answer is no. Let's go to the next slide. Luke 12. But God said to him, fool, this night your soul is required of you because you built all these big barns. But the thing is, is that the things you've prepared, whose will they be? You've, God's, God's calling these people a fool. So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. A couple of verses from James. Let's go to James chapter one. These verses, these verses are penetrating. For the sun rises with its scorching heat and withers the grass. Its flower falls and its beauty perishes. What's the point of Here it is. So also will the rich man fade away in the midst of his pursuits. Wow. Can you say North America? I mean, honestly, like just look at how clear the word, as the grass goes up and then it fades and withers, whatever, the whole point, so is the rich man. He will fade away in the midst of his or her pursuits. And then this last verse here from James chapter five. When the last time you've read this verse? Like this is the new text. Look what it says here. Come now, you rich, weep and howl for the miseries that are coming upon you. Your riches have rotted and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver have corroded and their corrosion will be evidence against you and will eat your flesh like fire. Wait, time. That's in the New Testament? Yes, yes. I mean, you can look it up yourself. Make sure I'm not making it up. Look at, look at what it's saying. Your silver and gold have corroded and their corrosion will be evidence against you and will eat your flesh like fire. My goodness. You've laid up your treasure in last days. I mean, a biblical theology, Asaph, all this, Asaph's like, amen, man. I learned that, I learned that the hard way. Asaph understands, listen, worldly prosperity is pretense. And I went to the sanctuary of God and I discerned that. I want to live for that. I want to live for what the wicked are living for. I want to live for the Lord Jesus Christ. Discernment number one, worldly prosperity is pretense. Discernment number two now, now we move on to more personal, the Lord is with me. Here's what he discerned in God's sanctuary. The Lord is with me. Look at verse 21. When my soul was embittered, when I was pricked in heart, I was brutish and ignorant. I was like a beast towards you. So this is interesting. Notice here, Asaph is confessing that his stinking thinking led him to become, watch this, embittered, pricked in heart, brutish and ignorant. Isn't that so true? Like when you have a renewed mind, when you are broken, surrendered before the Lord, you can, all of a sudden you, you, you have your mind is, is, is purified in God's truth. And you look back at the last week or month or maybe last year or more years and you're like, wow, I was such an idiot. You know what I'm saying? Like you look back and like, what was I thinking? How did I live that way? What, what was going on? You look back and you're like, I was such an idiot. Lord, have mercy upon me. I'm so thankful for now I can see. That's what Asaph is doing right here. I was embittered, brutish, ignorant. Notice he also says in verse 22, look at verse 22, what, what sticks out to you there? He says, I was like a beast 
towards you. Why would you say that? Why would you say I was like a beast towards you? Well, because animals, beasts, animals have no sense of eternity. I mean, have you seen the squirrels out, outside? Have you seen the, the different forms of, you know, bird lovers? They, they, they are simply living from one meal to the next, okay? No offense, all the dog lovers in the house, all right? Dog lovers, that's great. Cats, whatever. But if you notice like how hungry the dog is for the next meal, he'll do anything. Sit, roll down, roll over, all that kind of stuff. Or just give him the next, just famished. Sits at the table, wants to beg, 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 beg. Wants the meal, wants the meal, wants the meal. All he's thinking about is the next meal. Yeah, you get a fun man's best friend, da, 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 all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, he's living for the next meal. And in some ways you can't, he's an animal. He's a beast. Just longing for, they're not thinking of eternity. The animal has no concept, no concept of life after death. And Aesop's like, I was like that. I was so living for the world that I might as well have been a beast, an animal, because I had no concept of eternity. I mean, please, Lord, may we not be living like that. But many, many, many humans are. They simply live for the next moment of pleasure, satisfaction, temporal fulfillment, food, whatever it might be, with no understanding of eternity and what's coming. That is the opposite of wisdom. But now with clear thinking, listen to what he says. Verse 23, nevertheless, even though I was like this, even though I was like an animal before you, I am continually with you, God. You hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel. And afterward, you will receive me to glory. What is happening here? He is describing in New Testament terms, our union with Christ. He says, I am continually with you, God. Why? Because you hold my hand, because you are with me. Three things he says there. He says, you hold my hand. You guide me with your counsel. You will receive me into glory. So church right now, everyone at home, listen up so carefully here. Glean some discernment right now. Gather some gospel wisdom because of the gospel. Because we are children of God by Jesus Christ. Here's what we know. Before the foundations, if you're alive in Jesus Christ right now, if you are genuinely alive in Jesus Christ, think about this. The Lord shows you before the foundations of the world. He called you with his gospel. He regenerated you by his Holy Spirit. He converted you with the message of Jesus Christ. He justified you in his sight. He adopted you into his family. He's sanctifying you currently into the image of his son. And one day soon you will be glorified when he personally receives you to, into glory for all of eternity. Some of you say right now, man, I wish he would remind me of the stuff. He is right now. He's reminding you of this right now. The truth of why we live. Consider what Asaph's saying. You hold my hand, you guide me with counsel and you will receive me into glory. Consider his purpose, his power, his perspective, his passion, his purity of mind that this brings. Power, the power of understanding why we live, the songs we sing, the hymns we sing sometimes. This is a verse that makes so much sense here right now that we can apply right now in this, in this moment of this passage. Jesus, what a friend for sinners. Jesus, I do now receive him more than all in him I find because he has granted me forgiveness. And then we love this, this line right here. And therefore, this is Asaph's like, I am his and he is mine. Like just, just 
because of the gospel, I, I received the gift of eternal life through forgiveness of sins. All that I want and need is found in Jesus Christ. I am forgiven eternally. I am the Lord's and the Lord is mine. I am the Lord's and the Lord is mine. How awesome is that? That child's excited about that truth right there. That's so good. And we need to be excited about that truth so much as well. Let me ask you this right now too, okay? Let me ask you this. All genuine Christ followers in the house today, all watching, all genuine Christ followers right now, okay? With this truth, the Lord holds my hand. I am with him forever. I am his, he is mine, okay? Fear is the order of our day. Fear is running our society. Fear, Christ follower. What are you afraid of? If you'd like to hear this message again or the rest of the messages from this series, you can find these free resources and more on our website at liveinthelight.ca. That's liveinthelight.ca. If you'd like to get a copy of the entire series, make sure you phone us at 1-844-22-LIGHT. That's 1-844-225-4448. I'm Craig Turnbull, and on behalf of Robbie Simons, we invite you to join us again next time on Live in the Light.